This podcast is brought to you by Agapi Match. Agapi Match is a boutique matchmaking service that helps exceptional singles find meaningful connections and relationships. To learn more about our matchmaking services, online dating makeovers and takeovers, or to enroll in an upcoming group coaching intensive, go to agapimatch.com. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. I'm your host, Matchmaker Maria. For over a decade, I've combined four generations of family matchmaking tradition with modern relationship psychology, behavioral science, and dating trends. With this unique expertise, each week I answer your dating and relationship questions on the podcast and online. If you're not already following me, weird, but also find me on Instagram, I'm at Matchmaker Maria. This week's episode is a hotline episode. You have questions and well, I've got answers. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker Hotline. How can I help you? there. I love your tips. They're like so helpful. I'm obsessed with your ask a matchmaker, um, posts. And, on one of your posts, I forget what the original question was, but in your answer, you mentioned that when phone numbers are exchanged on like a dating app before a first date is planned, it actually tends to be like less likely that a date will get Mm -hmm. planned. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if you had any, like, insight or opinions onto why you think that happens? Because I've definitely noticed that and I've stopped doing that because of what you said. I'll have you answer this question. Okay. Think about, I want you to tell me the last time someone from high school, college, or your old job DM'd you on Instagram. Can you think of someone? Yes. Okay. How did that conversation end on DM? Um, it ended with us saying we should do a FaceTime soon. And Did you actually like, Hey, is it ever like, Hey, this is my number. Let's chat on text or let's FaceTime soon. Is it like that? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times let's FaceTime soon. And did you No. <laughs> right. And that is exactly what happened. So like on an app, um, you know, you don't know this person. So like, that's a stranger and to have the expectation that, that a friend won't even do <laughs> someone you have a history with is like, it's a pretty steep hill. And that is, you know, time and time again, we see a drop-off at work. We see a drop-off that, you know, once phone numbers are exchanged, I'm not saying you won't meet, but there is a less chance that you will meet. Now, of course, if you want to exchange numbers on the day of like, Hey, just in case for emergencies, you know, like for some people, if you feel a little anxious, like, Oh my gosh, I'm meeting a stranger. And I just want to make sure I'm not going to get ghosted tonight. I need to, you know, I want to confirm the date, um, which as a, I would tell you that as a, if I were a single woman, I, I would want more control over the confirmation than waiting for someone Mm -hmm. else to dictate how my evening is going to go. But, Mm -hmm. um, if I wanted to check in with someone and, you know, hold on to the narrative that's going to play out in my evening, um, I would send them a message around 11 AM. So it's not like too early Mm -hmm. um, saying, you know, Hey, I'm looking forward to our date tonight. This is my phone number in case there's, you know, any emergencies, uh, not emergencies. I wouldn't say emergencies. I would just say, this is my phone number. Um, should we get lost finding each other? You know, if you want to put your number out there. Now, if you do put your number out there, I would not use your personal number. I would use a Google voice number. And that is perfectly fine to have a Google voice number or some number that's, you know, VOIP just for dating. And if someone asks you like, oh, you know, this number or whatever, just be like, I've given out my number to people who have never called. And I don't feel comfortable giving out my private information like that to people. I don't know any reasonable person, by the way, will think you're very smart 
and um, we'll also accept what you're saying. So there is a way to share a number when the date has already been set and it's about to happen. Like, you know, I don't want you to find a way of, I don't know, I think being canceled on. I think I'll tell you something else that we're talking about online dating world, mm-hmm. matchmaking world where I operated. There was a time where we used to share phone numbers like, hey, here's the phone number, like way ahead of time. And we noticed that when people would start texting each other, like there was a time when I started my company. Now this is back in 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011. So those first four years, we used to see, like, I would give the phone numbers, God, we don't do this anymore, but we would give the phone numbers and say, you set up the date. Mm. And that worked out for a couple of years, but then suddenly, I don't know, with the mass adoption of cell phones, uh, and that's not, excuse me, not cell phones, but the mass adoption of smartphones and more online distractions, I suppose. Um, I remember in 2010, 2011, we started getting people who were like, yeah, we have a date on Tuesday, but then like last minute we canceled and you could cancel because you had each other's number. So in 2011, we instituted like no more of this. We're going to start coordinating dates. So in, at my company as a matchmaking service, we coordinate the first and second dates because we Mm. don't trust you. And (laughs) we share the numbers of the people going out usually three hours before their date is set. And it says for emergencies, or if you can't find each other, here is your phone, you know, here are the Mm. phone numbers. Um, so that, that heavily decreased rescheduling and cancellations. Um, in fact, I remember a woman, she was on the way to her date and she fell down, I don't know, like subway stairs and broke her leg. And the guy met her, you know, she called them as an emergency. Okay. Uh, the guy met her at, you know, Columbia Presbyterian. <laughs> so, you know, this is why we say don't exchange numbers. Now, you know, and also that it works both in online and matchmaking world. Thank you so much for your question. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for calling the Ask a Matchmaker hotline. How can I help you? Thank you so much for having me, Maria. And I have to tell you, I'm a huge fan. I have been binging your entire podcast this past month when I heard you on another show with another person and preaching some of your wonderful advice. So I just wanted to get that out there. Oh, I I love it. For the mask, I'm actually at the airport and I'm actually in the future in Japan. So hence the background, hence the mask. You're in the future. Um, so right now it's Tuesday, <laughs> June 21st. How has your day gone? Cause I'm also going to be traveling on Tuesday, June 21st. So tell me how's your day going so far so that I know I'll have a good day. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. I just had a wonderful weekend with friends outside of Tokyo and now I'm heading back to work in Southern Japan. And it's just so nice to see people out and traveling, even though the rules and restrictions vary on where you live. It's just it's just good to see people. I'm a people person and it just makes me feel like the world is coming alive, even if it's at a slower rate where I'm currently at. <laughs> I love that. You know, like that makes me feel so good because tomorrow I board a plane to go to Greece for a retreat that I have been uh, planning for two years. And it's like all I can think about the last 48 hours. I mean, gosh, the last two years, but especially the last 48 hours, because like some people have asked you know, why did you create a retreat in Greece two years ago? And it's like, because two years ago, we needed to like have hope. We needed to look forward to something. It was like, we didn't even have a vaccine yet. So it was just like, okay, let's make, let's plan something. Let's pretend there's going to be a vaccine and let's just hope that like, you know, let's just look in this direction. And we did, and now it's here and we're going to do it again next year. And I'm so excited. Okay. So you have a question. I would love to hear it. Yes. So my question is, I am an American woman who lives overseas and I've heard many episodes of your American males and females lived overseas and realized dating here is limited for all the reasons I've heard discussed. What are things that I can do to prepare myself when I move back stateside next year? So that way, when I 
come back to the U.S., I can hit the ground running, whether it's where, on my profiles. Yeah, go ahead. Where are you moving to? San Diego, California. From Japan? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, ooh, that's such a good question. Okay, I'm going to because I can hear the background of the airport that you're at. And so I will answer sorry. Okay, so um, her question is like how to, I guess, reacclimate herself into American dating. And I think, I don't know what the dating culture is like in Japan, but... I do know what the dating culture is like in San Diego. There's like a lot of duality, I think, in San Diego, right? You have a lot of people in the military, and then you have a lot of people who are not in the military, who are locals, who, you know, work around the military economy uh, or adjacent to that. And I think the other thing that's really great in San Diego is that you have good weather. And as a result, you can socialize more outdoors. There's more outdoor activities there's a lot more opportunity to like get dopamine and serotonin than you would in other places in this country, uh, in the United States specifically. So there's, there's a community and there's an environment. So now I think it's about attitude. And one thing that I will tell you is that like every city you go to, if you talk to a single woman, they're like, Oh God, my city's the worst for dating. And maybe it is. I, I have to take a survey to tell you that, but I don't, I think mindset is certainly, I think certainly heavily affects your experience in dating. And I'll tell you someone who did date in New York, I met my husband in Boston, but that was also my mindset of like, okay, well, what if I meet him in a different city? There's nothing wrong with traveling, you know, in a 200 mile radius around where you live and, you know, open yourself to opportunities of where you might meet people. So if I were you, um, I, I, I remember, I think I mentioned this in like the first hotline episode in season two, there was a woman who was, I think, moving to the States. I think she moved to DC from Dubai. And I remember telling her that when you're moving to a different area, start creating a social bucket list where you're at right now, like find a way where you're going to go out two times a week for the next few months, like learn to do that, learn to go out, learn like all the things you wanted to do where you live, start doing them now, because this is your opportunity to do them. You're going to look back in a few years. And if you don't do them, you're going to really regret not taking that opportunity. Trust me. I have a few regrets. I used to live in Greece and I should have done that bucket list thing the last three months before I left and I didn't, and now I'm doing it anyway. So, um, so I would start doing that. And the reason why I say that is because when you finally move to the U S because you're used to having a social life and have created like these opportunities for yourself to like, just do fun things. You're going to seek doing fun things in your new city. Why is it important to do fun things? Because it's in those fun things that we meet new people. So it's not just about dating. It's about creating a new social network, right? Meeting new people you've never met before. Every single person is an opportunity. And I think that mindset when you land in San Diego is going to take you very far. One, you're, you're going to increase your network, right? Organically, you're going to grow it. And that, that could help you meet someone really special. But two, people love hanging out with people who like to have fun, you know, and have passions outside of work. And if you find things that you are, you know, if you find yourself doing activities in San Diego that make you feel like you're having fun or make you look like you're learning, you know, like feel like you're learning something. So for instance, maybe you go to San Diego and you join like a Toastmasters or maybe you go to San Diego. Oh, it doesn't have to be just, or it could be, and you join a Toastmasters or you join a poetry club or you join a you know, uh, I don't know, like a sommelier course. Maybe you've always wanted to learn about wines. Um, you know, you go to San Diego and you learn, you, you join a local CrossFit club, right? There's all these things that you could do that would extend your social network, but now you have things to talk about to someone. So it's not like, you know, I think a classic thing that happens for a lot of people when they move to different cities is that when they meet new people, they're, they say stuff like, 
oh, you know, it's not just people who have just moved there. They say this for years where they say stuff like, oh, you know, I just moved to San Diego. So exploring the city. Well, that's like everyone who's lived in anywhere for less than five years, right? I think we're all explorers in some way when we go to cities because I think cities kind of give out that vibe. But if you find yourself doing things like actually filling up your calendar, you actually have a way more to talk about. So you could say stuff like, you know, I'm actually, I, I moved to San Diego three months ago and I'm already in a local Toastmasters group. And I'm doing like this competition in public speaking that's taking place in LA. Or you could say, you know, I've always wanted to learn more about wine. So I joined this wine tasting group and we meet every Thursday and we try new bottles of wine, or maybe it's whiskey or maybe it's tequila, whatever. Um, you know, so there's things that you can find yourself in your social calendar that then you can share with other people and people will find you more attractive for doing those things. Nobody will, I think will fault you for having a life. So I know you're asking about like how to meet men, but I think, I think your mindset right now is like, how do I meet people when I'm moving into a new city? And I don't know if you're originally from San Diego where you do you, are you originally from San Diego? I'm not originally from there. My dad was in the military. And so we, I've lived there. This is my third time living there but obviously different stage of my life, getting older and I'm more invested in my career. So, I love that. Um, so yeah. you got to do things that are going to increase your, like I said, I'm not going to repeat everything I just said, increase your social network. That's like, oof, that is key, but start now. Don't wait a year from now to start doing that. Like get into the habit of doing fun things. Now you might meet uh, a United States expat uh, or immigrant in Japan <laughs> Um, who is interested in going back to the States? You could be that reason too. So, you know, fine. Are you in Japan? Is that where you live? Yes, I do. I live okay. outside of Hiroshima. Okay, cool. So, you know, there are, you know, start now. Don't just because I, I say this to everyone, just because you're moving does not mean you stop dating where you are. Keep meeting new people, keep creating, you know, rich, uh, relationships because you're going to seek those out when you move as well. You'll be right. in that habit of doing that. Awesome. I really do appreciate it because I, San Diego, like you said, so transient. So it's nice to know that that same advice I hear and other places really does apply in such a transient city like San Diego. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for your question. Thank you. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker Hotline. How can I help you? Hi, um, I am wondering how to know when to get back into dating after you've had a longer term uh, relationship for a few months. It was something that ended just because of logistics. He had kids. It was too much. And we ended with a really kind of like great positive conversation. It was transparent. It just was what it was. And so um, there was just a lot of potential there. And now I'm wondering I was in such a good kind of like open-minded place with dating after my divorce over the past year. And this was the first one that was the kind of the gut punch. So I'm figuring out what, what to do next. How long were you dating that person? Uh, Four months. How long were you married? Five years. Okay. And then you're dating for four months and how long have you been single now? For two weeks. Two weeks. Okay. So you're asking when is it okay to wait? What was your question now? Um, I'm, I don't want to be on the apps yet, but okay. how should I think about the next moves just to kind of get myself back out there with the right mindset? I would use this time to reflect and educate myself more about like my attitude and values so that I can articulate them better when I start dating someone new. Um, so some books that I would 
certainly recommend is attached by Dr. Amira Levine. Um, I would suggest uh, Why Him, Why Her by Dr. Helen Fisher. And have you read either of these books? I have read Attached. Okay. I'm trying to see what else. Oh, and then of course, How to Not Die Alone by Logan Yuri. That's a fantastic book. So just kind of reframing a little bit about, like, I think always education just helps us reframe like our experience, our lived experience, understand like, oh yeah, that's exactly why it didn't work out. It's not just like a gut thing. There's like, you know, for the most part, it's not just logistics. It's usually like a lifestyle and value misalignment. Cause I don't want you to think that it's your fault or his fault. And certainly there might be a fault. I, you know, you know, all relationships are, have their own faults, but you know, the reason why you probably broke up is that there's a value or lifestyle misalignment. Is that accurate? Yes. Okay. So how to get in the right mindset. So first we've got our education. We talked about that. The second is we don't have to start dating right away. Right. Like I think sometimes the word dating, especially after divorce, it comes off as like a little bit serious. And the best part is that right now we've we're, we're in, we're knee deep into knee deep into summer. Technically actually summer starts like we're taping this on June 20th. So technically June 21st is like summer starts. So when this comes out, it's like a week from now. So it's like a week into summer, but I want you to, I, I say this to be funny. Um, but what I want you to think about is like, it's okay to not start the apps right now. It's okay to just enjoy summer and live, live in an effervescent mindset where we allow like life to happen. Like we can do fun things. We can meet new people. We don't necessarily have to think about relationships right now, right? Right now, we just want to concentrate on the relationship that, you know, you have with yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think you'll find yourself as you get to know yourself and how to learn how you further improve the way you articulate your lifestyle and values to lean into those when you're meeting new people, that there is going to be a moment and maybe it's in two weeks, but I suspect it's going to be, I feel like with people in June, it's usually always in September, October. Um, it's just, I I see it all the time. Like so many breakups have happened the last six weeks. And I I see the conversations I'm having like one-on-one in my office And it seems like people put like Labor Day as like, I just need to live my life. And then after Labor Day, I'll I'll be a little bit more serious. And I don't know if that's, uh, you know, healthy or whatever, but it's okay to leave the summer to like, just be the summer and and just enjoy yourself without thinking about dating. And then, you know, lean into dating when you feel ready. And I suspect you'll feel ready in a couple of months. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker Hotline. How can I help you? Hi. Uh, so I actually have a slightly similar question, I think, to the one before. Uh, but I am just getting out. Like I had a, a shorter uh, sort of start to a relationship. We had a couple of weeks, but um, it was very intense. And also a person who was divorced and had children, uh, whereas I am... Um, kind of never been married, single, uh, kind of don't have those types of um, kind of um, encumbrances in my life. The situation was kind of an odd one in that um, it was very disappointing in that he like went away, went out of touch, and then basically told me that he had chosen to date somebody else um, exclusively. And I'm trying to understand for myself, I started to realize like that I 
maybe put myself out there, but not fully with, with a, a, in a relationship. So trying to understand uh, if you have any thoughts on a, how to kind of get back out there um, and try not to hold out hope for this person because he actually responded with saying that he might want, maybe he looks forward to seeing me again in the future. It's a little confusing and trying to kind of think of how I can maybe on the one hand, hold myself back potentially physically, but then also put myself more out there emotionally. Okay. Kind of weird question. It's not weird. (laughs) It's just you're hurt. You're hurt. You are seeking acknowledgement, even if it's negative acknowledgement. And that negative acknowledgement is of him, like kind of, he still has like the fishing pole, like out, like Mm -hmm. the line's not out. The bait's not that, you know, you know, the bait's on it, but he hasn't like swung it out sort of thing. If we're looking for a visual, at least. Um, and the problem with that situation that you're in is that I'm angry. I'm so angry on your behalf right now. And I'm like trying to like sort out my thoughts. Um, okay. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to like, as you're speaking right now, I want you to open up your phone Mm -hmm. and I want you to find his name Mm -hmm. and I want you to block him. Because I don't know if you are able to, I know like when things are really intense and that's a real thing, right? What you feel is so valid. It's really hard for us when we have rose colored glasses on, it's really hard to see the pink. We can't see the pink flags, but it's really hard to see the red flags. Mm -hmm. And what he said to you is so hurtful and disrespectful. And I don't want you to date this person ever. Like, this hesitation. It's like, Oh, you know, maybe we'll see each other again. Like, no, no, it's, well, it's, it's slightly different than it's, oh. it's, it's slightly different than that. I should maybe clarify that. <laughs> um, I thanked him for basically, um, showing me the qualities in a man that I think I want in my life, Okay, which I realized, I don't think I had ever said that to him, even though he had said that he liked, um, many qualities in me that were things like warm, warm, my warmth, my kindness, um, my ability to put people at ease. And they were things that uh, I told all my friends that they made me feel like he, it made me feel like he liked me for the reasons that my friends liked me. And it was a kind of really unusual thing for me that I had had that happen. And so um, I, but I realized I hadn't said anything back to him in those in the same vein. So in, so you think he chose someone else because you didn't express why you liked him? Um, I think it, I think it was just, um, so he has a very logical, rational brain. And I think he may have been dating more than one person and kind of in thinking of his options, he decided to date this other person exclusively because I was not maybe showing things like that. Uh, That's That's not true. I can almost guarantee it's not true. Men don't, men don't think like that. They're, um, they're not, there's no, it just worked out with them and not with you. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% here with you. Right. So like you just told me, listen to what you just said. You just said to me that one of the reasons that I like you is because you're warm and that you make people feel at ease. If you're warm and you make people feel at ease, you're expressive and you're telling them, you know, in, in a different way, it might not be necessarily words. I don't know you, but like, you're, you're telling them that you like them in some way. He was saying that more, I think actually in, uh, it's a, a kind of 
our second date was very unusual and it was a very um, kind of intimidating, I think, experience for him where he, he's not maybe so comfortable getting people to open up. I can get women to open up and friends to, and people to open up uh, very easily. I can get other people to open up. I just don't open up about myself necessarily. So that's not why he's not dating you. That's not, I, 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 100, I, 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 I don't want to bet anything, but cause I don't believe mm-hmm. that stuff, but he, right. that's not why he's not dating you. He might not be dating you because you just had a better compatibility with the other person. Um, but it's not a comparison, right? Like that person doesn't have to exist. If he wanted to date you, he would be dating you. Yeah. So I have another of kind of sort of follow-up question. I've had okay. it happen uh, a lot of times in the past where I've been, the reason I'm thinking about it more now is because it's happened in the past where I have been dating somebody. They say they want to date somebody else. I say, I'm really shocked. I thought, you know, things were going really well with us. And they kind of have this experience of, oh, I didn't know you felt that way about me. And then they're in a quandary kind of, and then they wind up coming back to me. Uh, And so I guess it's just this kind of pattern that I've been seeing, which is why it's made me think like, maybe I just am not but you think this pattern is unique to you. And I'm going to tell you that it's not, I think a lot of men, they really like the ego boost, right? That's the only reason why men come back. It's like, Oh, I get the ego boost from her. So I'm going to go back to make myself feel good because I just got rejected by someone else. Your experience, these situationships, they're not unique, right? I think, I think instead what I would, if I were if I had you, let's say in an agave intensive, right. Or something, I would say stuff like, well, let's talk a little bit more about your attachment style. Let's talk about the attachment style that we tend to be attracted to. Um, or, you know, um, I don't want to say we attract, but what we're attracted to. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and, and tell me a little bit more about like how you feel in the beginning of those relationships, because the truth is that someone who is secure, who's being a little bit more intentional, they're not like, it's okay to open up with people. Right. I don't want you to think that, oh, because you know, he opened up with me on a second date or whatever, that that's necessarily a bad thing. But I think sometimes when people describe the beginning as intense, it makes me nervous because it kind of reminds me of like a roller coaster, right? A roller coaster is really intense. Cause you know, you're going up, 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 mm-hmm. and suddenly there's a fall. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of people, this intensity that happens in those first two weeks is not necessarily a good sign. What's, what's a good sign is uh, consistent curiosity. Mm-hmm. What's a good sign is, you know, warm, full acknowledgement of not only you, but also where they're at the entire time. So that there's no confusion. And these are signs that someone is looking for, you know, someone is just ex- exhibiting a secure attachment style. So for instance, you know, someone saying to, well, I didn't know you felt this way. To me, that's not you. That's them being avoidant and mm. not picking up on the cues that you might be giving. Mm. It's so not you here. And I don't even know you, but everything that you're saying is not unique. It's so not you. It's now it's the guys. So to me, the guys are like, okay, why are the guys, why are they able to say stuff like that to you so easily? Like it's not, it's so not you, it's them. Hmm. And I heart, I know it's really hard for me to like, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm struggling to explain this. I think I'm doing a pretty good job. Trying no, to no, no, you are. I'm just, okay. I, I can't see you. So it's like, it's hard to tell, like if this is making any sense, but, um, but essentially it's not you, but if, have you read the book attached by Amir Levine? 
Uh, I just started it um, with a with a friend of mine. We went through and did the quiz, and I definitely have an anxious attachment style. So I know. Okay. So here's what you need to know: if you know that your global index is anxious, okay, it means that you tend to get into vicious cycles with avoided people, right? These things are magnets. Anxious women, avoidant men. That's oh my god, a tale as old as time. And so here's what happens: um, an anxious woman will provide. Uh, is seeking acknowledgement from the avoidant man who can't provide it. He's a, he has emotional bandwidth is somewhere else. Okay. So, mm -hmm. and that might be to his mom, that might be to a past relationship that might just be to himself. Right. So as an anxious person, you see acknowledgement and what sometimes anxious people do to get acknowledgement is that they'll give like unprovoked compliments or they'll help people open up. Or they'll do these things to be like, see, look how much emotional bandwidth I'm giving you. Give me some back. But they don't. Instead, they really love the ego boost and they just keep the bait out to let you know, hey, I'm bobbing around here. Should we hook up again? Mm -hmm. And this vicious cycle continues and continues and continues. And it inspires romantic comedies until the end of time. But yeah. Instead, we have to look for the boring relationships. And I use the word boring as a very positive word in relationships, which is con essentially consistency and open communication yeah. that to an anxious person see can sometimes seem really boring. It's like, well, I don't think I'm attracted to him because he's not really attracted to me. No, no, no. He is. He's just not baiting you. Yeah. I and so all of that makes sense. I think in this particular situation, it didn't seem uh, avoidant in the first four dates like it was very consistent we saw each other yeah avoidance doesn't show up in the first few dates unfortunately um but there are certain signs that someone can be avoidant in the beginning right so tell me a little bit it's not just about the dates it's also about the communication between so for instance if you're already on a fourth date if they were secure i think that a lot of men that are secure they might tell you like hey you know i really like you and mm -hmm. I, I'd like to like, buy the fourth, a fourth date is a very serious thing for a secure person. Mm -hmm. It means something even without sex, it means something. And you would hear stuff like, you know, uh, they, they could say something like, I'm looking for something serious. Uh, where are you at with this? Mm -hmm. um, they might establish boundaries with you to let you know, like, Hey, like, let's do, you know, like uh, when I communicate, this is what I like, for instance, maybe they're not a good texter, but they want you to know that they're not a good texter. So secure person would say like, you know, Hey, I know that texting might be important to some people. I just want to know that I'm, I tend to be a really poor texter, but let's have a phone call every night. Mm -hmm. A person who's avoidant will just, you know, they might be a poor texter and they'll just say, well, well I'm going to see you on Saturday. So let's just connect then. They're not acknowledging what you might need mm -hmm. to feel comfortable Con, you know, and not confused and acknowledged in that relationship. Yeah, that makes sense. So there are these like tiny little signs that come mm -hmm. up before dates. Um, but ultimately like, you know, it's, it's, it can be really tough. I think, I think right now you have homework, <laughs> which is to read a book, but also, um, which one attached that, by Dr. Mira Levine. Yeah. That's a fantastic book. Um, I would also think about, um, I want you to make another piece of homework. That I, I actually like to do this. I, I did this when I was single. I, I want you to think about the couples that you really admire, that you think like, you know what, they, they mm -hmm. admire each other. They respect each other. 
And I want you to, if you can find yourself this summer talking to them, you know, they would love to, uh, let me tell you these people, they want to talk about their relationships to anyone because they know they have a good relationship and just ask them, Hey, you know, how did you know this person was a good fit for you? Not the one, a good fit for you. What does that look like? Start doing some of the research here because essentially you're going to write down what they say. And then when you start to experience these things, you can say, oh yeah, I'm on the right track here. It looks like this. Yeah. Ironically, I've, I've asked one of that, those couples and that couple had actually had a rocky start. <laughs> okay. So, and how did they get through it? Trying to recall, but uh, it was actually similar. They were both... Uh, their professors. Um, this guy was a professor. Uh, it was it was kind of complicated. She uh, they got pregnant and then things got more. But they, okay, that's, remember that they that you have a, to make it work. Yeah. They, well, they went on a trip. I remember specifically they went on a trip to her home country of Croatia, and uh, you know she said if the, if if we don't make it through this, like we're not going to make it, and they did, and so. But it was a very rocky and they're one of my, I think, most wonderful couple friends that I have. So it's kind of strange. Um, yeah, I, I, I hear everything you're saying and I really appreciate um, the, the in-depth answer. Um, I, it's still, I think it's just still very raw with this person. Um, and it's time, especially like when, it, when it's like that, it feels like it feels like someone knocks the wind out of you and like, yeah. you know, you cry, right? No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've like, had a really bad week. <laughs> yeah. You cry into your pillow and you're like, every song was written about this. <laughs> um, the calories don't count. I, I know exactly what you're experiencing and what you're experiencing. Like, I think what you're feeling right now is hollowness, right? You're confused. Mm-hmm. You don't trust your instinct and mm-hmm. you're deeply upset. And I want you to know that how you feel is a thousand percent valid, mm-hmm. but it's not about you. It's about them. Yeah. I think, uh, it, I mean, there's even more, of, he, he was, he wasn't as bad. I think as like, we're, we're kind of painting him to be, he was upfront about being, you know, kind of, um, not a, he didn't think he was able to, um, he wasn't sure about something. So wait, he was upfront. So before you're <laughs> So do you see now like where some of the signs show up and we just decide to ignore it? Well, it was a strange thing because he had, he had a a kind of moment and then we talked through it and we both agreed that we wanted to do more activities, not physical stuff. And that then, yeah, that was kind of how things happened. (laughs) It was, um, it was just a, it was just a weird, it was a very weird, uh, progression. But the, the other thing was, it was very, he was constantly telling me how excited he was to see me looking forward to our next date. We planned our dates. Like it was all very, uh, you know, which I haven't experienced dating in New York because I'm in New York. Uh, you know, I hadn't experienced that with like anyone really who was very consistent in telling me he wanted to see me. He was looking forward to it, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, so it was a little mixed mixed messages i guess is the there's but there's your warning sign right like the mixed messages that's not that's not secure yeah so Mm. now you now you know what that looks like (laughs) 
And when you see it, like for me, do not pass go, do not collect $200. If I feel mixed messages on the first date or the second date, there is not going to be another date. Forget it. I don't, I would not give people grace. Yeah. No, the first date, second date were like magical. <laughs> it was like, why just... is a first date magical? Like, uh, like the purpose of a, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's another warning sign, right? Like the purpose of a first date is to go on a second date. It's not for it to be magical. And I know you're just using these words because, you know, mm -hmm. and that's fine. But like, as someone who sets up first dates, right? Mm -hmm. I, I'm telling you that it's really important to kind of keep your cool about these things. Mm -hmm. Certain things should not be, like, I think if a second date is magical, then great. But a first yeah. date is like- I mean, if when I say magic, when I say magical, it was just, he was very intuitive about my needs and things. And, it wasn't like magic. It was just one of these things that was, it was a date that neither of us wanted to end. So. When you go on dates the next time, I want you to put a 90 minute maximum. That's what somebody else told me. And I tried and it didn't happen. On and you have to make a plan. You have to leave. You can blame me. Say matchmaker Maria told me I have to leave in 90 minutes. <laughs> two drinks max that's it like this i didn't want the date to end like uh, they have to end you yeah. can't have a whole relationship in 24 hours yeah so okay well listen thank you for your question yeah thank you, know, you. hot girl summer <laughs> have fun um and someone in the chat Aww. just said make a plan with a friend for 90 minutes later and that's oh, that's thank a fantastic you. plan yeah. men hate that though so don't do that don't yeah. don't say that to them just say you know, you know i just want you to know i have an early i have an early night tonight but i'm so excited to be here let's get drinks and like i tried i had a first date a couple nights ago and i tried very hard and it didn't work that, <laughs> then that, that, i'm sorry that just tells you right there that he does not respect your boundaries yeah like, that oh, is no, a red flag yeah, I don't think that that guy is going to be great, <laughs> but it was just making me more disappointed because I'm trying to get over the other person. And yeah. So. Hot girl summer, have fun. Thank you. So hard on yourself. And, um, you know, I hope, I hope do it, do the homework, do the homework. Thank you again for your question. And thank you for calling the Ask a Matchmaker hotline. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Ask a Matchmaker. As I mentioned previously, if you'd like to speak to me on an upcoming hotline episode, follow me on Instagram at Matchmaker Maria. I'll post a link on Wednesdays and we'll chat then. Until then, you can learn more about what I do or enroll in an upcoming Agape Intensive by visiting agapematch.com slash services. Thank you again for listening to Ask a Matchmaker. Be lovable and more importantly, be likable. See you next week.